Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of the Screen Facts with Jason Davis podcast. Every Wednesday, we talk about a movie that we've enjoyed, and we throw in some fun trivia facts for you during the conversation. Please like us at facebook.com slash screenfacts. Post your comments or questions or your favorite scenes from the movie. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Joining me once again on the podcast, my good pal, Eric Wrights. Welcome, sir. <laughs> Hi, Jason. How you doing? <laughs> good. Good to have you with me again uh, for another fun-filled episode. Thrilled to be here. Talking about one of my favorite movies of all time. It's another comedy classic. From the 80s. Released July 25th, 1980, to be precise. Caddyshack. Yes, sir. Yes. Starring Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, Ted Knight, Michael O'Keefe, Bill Murray, Cindy Morgan, and Sarah Holcomb. Mm-hmm. Directed by Harold Ramis, it's his directorial debut. The producers actually had a backup plan prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they didn't like what they saw in the dailies that he was supplying early on in the production. Right. After the first few days, they kind of said, you know what? It looks like he's got this. Well, so I mean, we're good. Even though it was his first direction mm-hmm. i mean he had done stuff with a little movie called animal house right he so was you, a writer on animal so house you, so you think okay there's a little bit of positive history there yeah but i guess directing is very a lot more involved than just writing i was talking with tim we did the podcast for ghostbusters recently right. mm-hmm. and of course we couldn't help but gush over harold ramus during that yeah yeah and you know I'm not going to run down the list of all of the great movies that he was involved in again, because I did that with Tim. Yeah, right. Animal House was the one that kind of set it off as a writer. Right. But then this, it was just after this, it was one after the other. It was oh, just yeah. amazing. It's like everything he did was gold. Yeah. And he was actually one of the writers on this movie, too, mm-hmm. along with Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray, who's in the movie. Right. And Doug Kenny, who was also one of the writers on Animal House. Okay. So, you know, these guys were all National Lampoon guys. And also some Saturday Night Live guys in there. Exactly. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield, um, who's, (laughs) I mean, he's like an icon walking just bigger than life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The movie was inspired by uh, Brian Doyle Murray's memories of working as a caddy at a golf club. Mm-hmm. The Baby Ruth scene, the, the famous Baby Ruth scene in the movie, Dookie! Dookie! Was, was actually based on a real experience at his <laughs> high school. I mean, that's amazing. And he did it, right? I, I don't know. He if... actually did the prank. Did you read that? I read I... that somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then it must be true. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be. It was on the interwebs. Got to <laughs> be true. <laughs> so, well, and I always wondered why there's Brian Doyle Murray. Apparently, back when he started getting into the acting business, there was another Brian Murray already oh, out there. Okay. Okay. So he decided to take his wife's last name oh, and okay. hyphenated. So his wife is, you know, Beatrice Doyle. Oh, that's very cool. I never knew that. Okay, I'm lying. Oh, you that. suck. <laughs> you suck. But it is, it's like his grandmother's maiden name, oh, something okay. like that. I just wanted to say Beatrice. <laughs> you suck, man. <laughs> I totally believed you, too. And the, oh, I'm and, such a sucker. Well, and Murray's, there's nine kids. It's amazing. Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray, John Murray, I've seen in stuff. Mm-hmm. There's also Joel, right. Peggy, Nancy. John Murray, I think he might be the youngest, John. He mm-hmm. was involved in this movie. I remember what I read. He yeah. was kind of on set, and any time a plane was co- approaching, he would <laughs> tell them to stop shooting so that <laughs> oh. they wouldn't have a plane flying overhead. Oh, how annoying. And, you know, the sound from that. Yeah. yeah. How annoying. The story takes place in Nebraska. Okay. Right? Yeah. And they're filming it all the way in Florida. Okay. And the reason I found out about that was because that was the only place where they could find a golf course that would allow them to do to blow it up well no okay all right but it was somewhere you know the owners like yeah sure you can film a movie no big deal 
the blowing up, however, <laughs> apparently they didn't know everything. And some of the producers, when they were getting ready to film that, you know, first of all, they the crew built a gigantic pile, you know, of dirt and stuff to make a nice, pretty explosion. Okay. And the producers or whomever took the owners out for lunch so that then they could do, they could basically blow up an a little, entire A little diversionary fairway. tactic. Cause, yeah, because nice. all those explosions were real. There was, there was like mm-hmm. four or five set off. Yeah, yeah. And the one huge fireball at the end, <laughs> that was the one where they at least built a big pile of dirt. Okay. But yeah, can you imagine like yeah. coming back, you're, you know, you're coming back and yeah. like- you're And your golf course your, is your decimated. Your golf course is blowing up. Well, I also read that they, they chose Florida instead of L.A. because they thought it would be far enough to, to keep the executives from the studio, uh, mm-hmm. you know, out of the, their hair. Yeah. Well, maybe that also kind of plays back to yeah. why they wanted to see Ramis's stuff every day. Yeah. You know. <laughs> a low budget, $6 million, which mm-hmm. uh, even back in 1980 wasn't a lot for a movie, probably. Uh, mm-hmm. It ended up grossing $39.8 million. Mm-hmm. The only golf movie that has grossed more than this is Tin Cup, the Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> chick flick who cares <laughs> you know what take back your tin cup take back your uh was it happy gilmore mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing not nothing compared some people when love that to... i i never got into adam sandler full on no not really We're not it gonna... was okay but he kind of does the same thing over and over and we've already talked too much about him <laughs> okay moving on move on moving on <laughs> let's jump right in and talk about this cast i mean first yes. off a lot of improvisation going on on this set. Big time, obviously. Big time, because you got heavyweights that can yeah. that can really do it well. Right. Then you've got uh, you know Bill Murray and mm-hmm. Chevy Chase and Chevy Chase coming from Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. You know, big improv backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Even Rodney um, too. Yeah, but you know the interesting thing is that Rodney didn't get that when he was doing something, he wasn't hearing any laughs. And he thought he was bombing. Oh, no. Yeah, because he was a stand-up guy. Right. So he had to be told, like, no, Rodney, you're awesome. It's just <laughs> we have to be quiet or else we have to retake everything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He didn't really have a lot of acting experience. In fact, this was probably his debut, too, right? I think so. He's got the best lines in the movie, I think. Oh, yeah, As, as great as Bill Murray is, and Chevy mm-hmm. Chase, too. Rodney Dangerfield, his one-liners, hey, you must have been something before electricity, you know, like that kind of stuff. That's so funny. This is the worst looking hat I ever saw. Must come with a free bowl of soup. It looks, looks good, good on, on you, you though. though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. The funny thing is that Ted Knight, mm-hmm. who was like, you know, a pretty well-established actor. Sure. Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. He had his own TV show when he was a cartoon artist yeah oh uh too close for comfort close for i remember comfort. that with jim j bullock <laughs> oh my god yes jim j bullock <laughs> yeah oh my god but um you know ted knight had a reputation of being a really good guy real easy to right. work with and stuff but he mm-hmm. had a hard time wrangling these other guys that were all improvisation well yeah it was not his he was and he was actor. out of his el- yeah he was out of his element a little yeah bit. and also there was a lot of partying going on yeah there was definitely a shenanigans going on on the on the set for sure oh yeah lots of stuff absolutely the movie started out with these guys having smaller roles right and and it was supposed to be more about Danny and all the other caddies. Right, yeah. And they probably shot stuff and, and they were looking at it going, it's not going anywhere. There's right. nothing happening here. you know. And they kind of switched everything around and made beefed up the roles mm-hmm. for the really funny guys. Right, right. Well, Ramis apparently, aside from the hour and whatever the movie is, hour 
40, 50 minutes, whatever. Yeah. There's another four and a half hours in the can. Oh, God. Can you imagine? I mean, I would love to see. I saw a few things yeah. on the interwebs, and um, <laughs> some of the scenes, some not so funny, but there's still, there's got to be golden four and a half hours laying laying on the floor. Oh, somewhere. yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's funny stuff, but I mean, again, is it something mm. that would fit in the movie? Right. Would it move the movie along? And that was the thing. They had to do so much editing just to make right. the movie make sense. Was it Roger Ebert? He actually did give it a thumbs up, a mild yeah. kind of chilly thumbs up. But he was saying that the main characters never really got involved with each other. It seemed too clipped apart. It didn't all flow together. And I don't particularly agree with them. I mean, I think, yes, we're seeing Bill Murray and Chevy Chase and Dangerfield kind of each performing right. their own thing. Right. But I think there's definitely enough melding of everything. I think with the editing that happens, but that's probably yeah. what part of the problem was before they edited it to what we ended up seeing, mm -hmm. that they probably were all over the place. And it's like, you know, we got to get these people together. Yeah. Well, like the one part where Chevy Chase plays through Bill Murray's Ram Shack. Shack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's a so great what, story. What do you actually. think of the place? You, you like it? <laughs> uh, Carl, this, um, this is awful. Well, I got some things on order. <laughs> like, okay. Great scene. I th that whole scene, I bet, is improvised, too. A lot of it, yeah. It was kind of thrown together last minute because the studio mm -hmm. and Harold Ramis came to a realization they have the two biggest comedy stars going right now right? that are supposedly in this gigantic feud because of the whole mm -hmm. Saturday Night Live debacle. Yeah, exactly. And they don't have any scenes together in the movie. Right. So right. let's get one going here, you yeah. know? Yeah, so they wrote it up yep. just in a couple hours, and uh, yeah, a lot of it was improv. Over lunch. <laughs> yeah, over lunch. They literally sat yeah. down for lunch, and they wrote the scene together. Yeah, and it's, great. Uh, it's a great scene. You know, Bill Murray's like, yeah, you know, everybody just thinks I'm kind of a dope, but you know, I, I've got a six-year plan. I'm going to be uh, main groundskeeper in six years. That's my schedule. And you know, <laughs> he's got the book, and he's been studying on all these types of grasses. He's like, oh, I made my own grass here. It's a, you know, it's a mix of... Uh, Kentucky bluegrass and California Sensimia. And uh, the great thing about this is you can play 36 holes on it during the day and, and take it home at night and just get stoned to the bejesus belt. <laughs> and then they start smoking. He pulls out that gargantuan Marley boat uh, of a doob and they start smoking. And, you know, Chevy Chase is playing the straight guy. Oh and he's God. trying, but he's, got, he's getting, so he's funny. coughing everywhere. And Bill Murray's, I don't know what, cheap has, wine or something. He's like, cannonball. Cannonball. That cannonball. was huge. All through college, we cannonballed all the time. I love the scene with Bill Murray where he's got the pitchfork against the, the kid's throat. Yeah, early in the movie. The Dalai Lama scene. That's, that's great. And the thing is, the actor uh, that he's with mm -hmm. is really scared out of his mind. I mean, you look at him, he really is scared. Sure. Because it's a real pitchfork. All improvised. Everything he says in that scene. Great, great stuff. You know, he's saying, uh, he went to Tibet and mm -hmm. uh, he said that... Uh, you know, he's a looper. I'm like, a looper? What the hell? Have you ever heard the term looper? No. I never heard the term looper. Listen, I'm not a golf guy, though, so, well, you know. Well, no, and I did look it up on that okay. interwebs thing. Is that a real thing? It is a real term okay. for a caddy. I was like, okay. But, uh, and who do they give me? The Dalai Lama the himself. Dalai Lama himself. Flowing robes, the grace, bald. Striking. Like, oh, so being bald is striking. There you go. Awesome. I feel much better. <laughs> so he's talking about, you know, he's telling the story. I'm on the first tee with him. <laughs> He whacks one off. You know, he's got a great swing. Big, big, big hitter, the llama. Big hitter, the llama. <laughs> the ball lands at the foot of a glacier. <laughs> this giant crevasse. <laughs> it's like so ridiculous. It is, and it's great. It's like, so, do you know what the llama says? 
Gunga la gunga. Yeah. Gunga la gunga la. <laughs> so they end up playing. So Bill Murray's going on with the story. He said, so we finished the 18th and he's going to stiff me. And and I say, hey, Lama, hey, how about something you know, for the effort? You know, for the effort. <laughs> so the Lama says, well, there will not be any money, but on your deathbed, you will have total consciousness. So I got that going for me. <laughs> So the funny thing which is, is nice. Which is and nice. Which is nice. That's a thing. I know it took a long time to get to the which is nice, but. Well, it's funny because um, an interviewer jokingly asked the actual Dalai Lama if he's ever seen this movie. Oh. And he's, he denied seeing the movie, but then he shyly muttered, Gunga Galunga. Get out of here. <laughs> that's what Are I you read. kidding? That's oh, what that's I read. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Bill Murray filmed all of his scenes in six days. Nice. And nice. He just came in. And then the whole thing where, with the Cinderella story, with the where he's like destroying the flowers, that's again mm-hmm. completely improvised. Harold Ramis simply asked him to imagine himself announcing his own fantasy sports moment, and then he, Bill Murray, asked for four rows of mums, and then he did the scene. I love Rodney Dangerfield. He's just Rodney was he's great. the man. He's mm-hmm. awesome. He called me a baboon. He thinks I'm his wife. There's another <laughs> one. Last time I saw a mouth like that, it had a hook in it. There you go. Bum bum. <laughs> one thing that he said that. Actually, I think is very smart. He said, country clubs and cemeteries are the biggest wasters of prime real estate. Yeah. So there was a little bit of controversy uh, yeah. with this movie, too, mm-hmm. surprisingly. Really? <laughs> you know, you, I mean, you know, you look at a movie like this and it's so goofy and everything else. You mm-hmm. can't imagine that there was kind of any heavy handedness going on. But yeah. Cindy Morgan, yeah. who plays Lacey. Oh, Cindy Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> she was very cute in this movie. She the sole boobage in this movie? No, there was also during the fifteen minute caddy free time. Oh in yeah, the, that's uh, right. Pool, that's right. That's right. There's bigger boobage. There's boobage. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. But uh but Cindy Morgan did not want to do the topless scene. Okay. Harold Ramis was prepared to change the scene. He said, you know we'll what? Work no, around no problem. That. We'll we'll figure something out. Producer John Peters said mm. that she would never work in Hollywood again <sighs> if she didn't do the topless scene. That's horrible. In 2010, Cindy Morgan said that Peter's threat contributed to her voluntarily not taking any projects for a long time after doing this movie. Well, I read that Michael O'Keefe, for that love scene, asked the crew Mm -hmm. for all of them to take their shirts off to just try to kind (laughs) of ease the tension a little bit. A little different, but okay. Well, yeah, but, you know, hopefully, you know, it eased her up. I mean, she seemed... Yeah. To be comfortable in it. Yeah. And like the scene that she does with Chevy Chase, too, mm-hmm. even though she's not nude in that scene. Right. The scene with him was completely improvised. And when mm-hmm. she says, you're crazy after he spills all the oil on Oh, her right. Back, yeah. Her genuine reaction. I read that she was actually a little annoyed mm-hmm. with him, too, because he was all over the place in the scene. Right. Right. And it's kind of hard when you're an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, the big thing is reacting to the person that you're doing the scene right. with. That's so, basic improv is yeah. you're trying to say yes to the person before you to keep the scene moving along. Well, this is the thing. If you're not used to doing improvisation and you're just yeah. trying to follow a script that you've been studying and learning yeah. Yeah. and somebody's like all over the place, it makes it very hard for you to do your thing properly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So she was a little frustrated well, working she with said Chevy that, Chase. Yeah, she said that um, you know, before they're in bed and they're at the piano, I was born <laughs> to, love to love you. you. I was born to lick your face. He's doing that whole thing. <laughs> she didn't know that the film was running. The only real direction she had was Ramis told her, ask for a love song. And that's why that, that scene starts and they, they both seem a little discombobulated. <laughs> and then they're drinking and she's acting a little drunk. And she's like, well, sing a love song for me. Sarah Holcomb, yeah. who plays Maggie. Yeah. She's not Irish. 
Where she's not from Really? Where she's not from Ireland. Are you saying that that accent was fake? Yes, I am. Get out of here. In fact, in fact no. it, was, it was nominated for Thanks most for nothing. In fact, it was nominated for most annoying fake accent. <laughs> In the female category at the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. Oh, that's hilarious! And you know when, when she was supposed that. to be an exchange student. That that was in the oh. original script, and then that obviously got tossed yeah. out. Same actress that played the mayor's daughter in Animal in House. In Animal so. House, yeah, she was eighteen when they did that. All right, so who should we talk about next? The Bishop, I mean, you Henry know, Wilcoxon. Yes, is he the did. Actor. He did a whole bunch of Cecil B. DeMille mm-hmm. movies. Ten Commandments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can go on. Either Cleopatra, Samson, Delilah, The Crusades, Greatest Show on Earth, Man in the Wilderness, Last of the Mohicans, The Warlord. But it's always funny when they take this really serious actor mm-hmm. and they put him in a goofy comedy. Oh, yeah. Leslie Nielsen in Airplane, for example. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Brilliant. I didn't know Leslie had any kind of career before Airplane until I saw he did like yeah. all these he were, like musicals. He was a serious guy. Too. And he was a serious uh, like cowboys, a lot of cowboy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was weird seeing that. So, yeah. So it's funny in this case, you know, this guy and all this biblical stuff and he played. He's playing a bishop. Yeah, bishop and caddyshack. I'm telling you, every time it rains really hard, Mm -hmm. and and somebody says to me, uh, can you believe this rain? And I'll always say, oh, I don't think the heavy stuff's coming down for a couple hours. You know, with all the comedy heavy hitters in this movie, it's real easy to forget about some of the secondary players that are really good, too. Like Scott Columby, who plays Denunzio. Yeah, the guy with the black hair smoked all the time. Apparently, he also was somebody that was upset that his part was getting smaller and smaller. The way the script was originally written, where it was mainly about the caddies, it probably was a a much different movie, and he probably had a much bigger part. So when you change it around, and you're starting to focus more on the other characters, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you don't need that guy. Yeah. You got to have them so Noonan has somebody to beat in the caddy tournament. Right, yeah. I guess then I wish that they did have a little bit more background for him. So Yeah, I guess. So he's not just a one-dimensional guy that you hate because he's a dick to Noonan. Yeah, 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 a little bit more. Scott Columby, and then well, he moves on to Porky's, and say now he owns a theater and he gives acting lessons okay. and stuff. So, okay. so he's doing some. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, Cindy Morgan, she's uh, involved in... Um, like doing fundraisers for military family relief. So cool. I thought that was a nice thing to read yeah, about her. That's great. Yeah. The gopher sequences in the movie. A gopher um, is a varmint. <laughs> and the only good varmint is a dead varmint. All of the gopher sequences <laughs> were written and filmed after most of the movie was shot. Originally, Harold Ramis wanted to use a live animal, if you could imagine that. Oh, yeah. There's trained gophers all over the place. <laughs> oh, my God. You, really? You want to talk about something that would have put the film way over budget, probably? Yeah. John Dykstra was the guy who built the animatronic gopher. Really? Yeah. Because he did other like big stuff. And the tunnels and stuff. Well, and it's funny because when you watch those clips, they're a lot more crisp. They just look better. And that's because those were all filmed in a soundstage mm-hmm. in the studio and everything. Yeah, more, a more rest... controlled environment. Right. And the rest of the movie's just, you know. Location. Outside. Yeah. So it's not as crisp. Yeah. And they used uh, the same... Noises that they use for Flipper for the gopher yeah. sound effects, too, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that was great. We got to talk a little bit about Kenny Loggins, too, and the theme song. Really? I love that song. You kidding you me? love that song. I'm all right. Come I'm on, right. dude. I'm not going to sing it because I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to get sued, but I think it's a great song. And, you know, people forget Kenny Loggins was like the go-to guy for yeah. hit songs from 80s movies. I mean, it was oh, this, no doubt. Footloose, Top right. Gun, mm-hmm. Over the Top. 
<laughs> over the top? He did Over the Top? Uh, he didn't do the theme song. He did a song uh, called Meet Me Halfway for Over the Top, the Sylvester Stallone movie. Yeah, that, really? But it, was, it was a pretty good hit. Yeah. Okay. They don't have theme songs in movies anymore. So it's really cool mm. when you watch a movie like this. Yeah. And during the opening credits, when the Kenny Loggins song is playing, it's, right. it's cool. Yeah. I, I dig it. It's yeah. Cool. My college roommate actually really liked it. And he yeah. had this, he had a, a live concert version of it. Mm-hmm. And in part, some part of the song, there's a bow, bow, bow. Do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, I was like, what the heck is all that? Well, that's in the, so, that's in the studio version too. Sort of. Like maybe. Do they, you know, they don't do the bow, bow, bow part. Maybe they do it a little bit more for live, I guess. But Kenny Loggins wrote the song after seeing a rough cut of the movie, and he kind of took inspiration from the Noonan character of, hey, I'm trying to find my way in this world. I'm all right. Don't worry about me. I want to find my own way. And he actually had Eddie Money sing a line in the song, You Make Me Feel Good. But in a 2014 interview, Eddie Money said that he's not really a fan of Kenny Loggins because he never got credit for singing on the song. Okay. Make fun of me all you want. I think Kenny okay. Loggins is a talented dude. You're going to make fun of me anyway. So I I'm will gonna, make fun of you So anyway, I'm going to stand firm on the fact that I think Kenny Loggins is a talented dude. You know what? He can sing. He can play guitar a lot better than I can. So, of course, I can't do has, any of that. So. He has more hit singles than you, too. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple. <laughs> but but talking about music for the movie, though, mm-hmm. didn't Ramis want to actually use Pink Floyd? That's what I read. How? 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 Would you make that work? I can't even begin to wrap my head around you that. You know, I mean, they were filming in <laughs> Talk 1979. Talk about a weird choice. Yeah. Well, actually, this was 1979. Mm-hmm. So Pink Floyd had just done The Wall and they're touring. Right. And really, The Wall was a really, you know, happy, lighthearted story. And the music oh, yeah. was very catchy and Very feel-good. Very feel-good. Yeah. I think they could have done something. Instead of, you know, another brick in the wall, maybe they could have done like, it's another Ball in the hole. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. We are going off the rails here. All right. All right we're going let's, off. Let's, let me steer this thing back on the tracks. Okay. So the actor who plays Spalding, <laughs> John F. Barman Jr., he never had another role after this movie. Well, pff, how could he follow that role? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's I mean, forever Spalding, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he drank. It was pretty funny. He drank, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, well, with the cigarette butt. And the cigarette butt. Mm-hmm. And then he runs out. And he pukes in the car. That's still a great gag when the guy sits in it and he slides. Oh, I love puking <laughs> people's cars. It's great. It's great. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean the puking. Oh. I mean when the guy gets in the car yeah. and he just slides down the yeah. seat. <laughs> yeah. And his wife is like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, exactly. That was very good. You know, it's funny. I've seen this movie a number of times, mm-hmm. but I, when I put it on last night, I forgot all about that beginning scene with all the kids yeah, in the, the house. Yeah, the kids in the house. It's yeah. A, it's such a weird, disjointed scene that has nothing to do with the movie, really. I don't know what if that was just to set up... That he that really, really needs to get a scholarship yeah. to go to college kind of that's, thing. That, that's the only logical explanation for why that's I guess. in there. Maybe also because Brian Doyle Murray was part of writing it. Mm-hmm. They came from a big family. Right. Maybe he just kind of felt like doing that because there are a lot of things that yeah. he drew from their personal lives and yeah. making this movie. Or maybe that was something that was in the original script that had more to do with the caddies and it never got edited out. Well, Eric, it's been a blast talking about this classic from the 80s with you. I loved it. Thanks so much for yeah. having me. These, I mean, there's no shortage of great movies from this time period. Yeah. And I know that we, I think for the next one you and I do, mm-hmm. or at least one of the next ones you and I do, yeah. we should kind of switch gears. and Instead of doing a comedy, we should talk about maybe like an action flick from the 80s. Oh, totally. All right. I mean, there's a whole, but total, total recall. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll figure out which one we're going to do, but I really appreciate you coming in and taking the time to, to record with me. Always. 
I live for this, man. Absolutely <laughs> Me too. live I, for it. I enjoy doing this, and I enjoy doing it with you, and I hope that you listening enjoy it as well. I mean, we really appreciate you tuning in, and please remember to like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash screenfacts. Let us know if you have a favorite scene from Caddyshack, uh, if you have any comments of your own. Remember, I'm at Jason Davis Voice on Twitter. You can also email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please help others find the show by rating and commenting on iTunes. You can also show your support for the show by ordering ScreenFacts merchandise on the podcast page of jasondavisvoice.com. We have brand new car magnets that you can proudly display on the back of your car to show how much you love the show. Show theme music by audionautics.com. Thanks to wickedradionetwork.com and our announcer, Kim McKay from kimsvoice.com. And that's all she wrote. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.